0: You are Locked on Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Happy Saturday. That's right. It's a Saturday episode of Locked on Wolverines. There's a reason why I decided not to do a Friday preview, because who wants to preview UConn? So, we decided to do a post-game reaction show instead to give you a little bit more bang for your buck, essentially. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverine's Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. If you're watching on YouTube, then you'll notice I have a very festive look. And I know that's certainly going to get a lot of weird comments because you care way too much about my sartorial decisions here. Listen, we're in my very breezy, the most comfortable shirt that I could wear in the heat, which is my Hawaiian shirt. And I'm wearing a kind of matching hat because you need to wear a hat when it's going to be 85 degrees and certainly hotter on the field because, yes, I'm out on the field. So I stand by it. You know, a lot of people said very well-dressed today. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, so Michigan beat UConn, beat the Huskies 59-0. to Impressive game all around uh for the Wolverines as expected a, another game in which I don't really feel like there was any weakness shown now it is you know what it is now I did see someone on my Twitter say that they were really disappointed in the offensive line and defensive line gave them a C I wholeheartedly disagree with that uh I think that the offensive line played very well uh I'd have to go back and rewatch it but I mean uh there was they're, they did give up two sacks, one on J.J. McCarthy and uh, one to Cade McNamara. McNamara injured, as not as a result. He can believe he got injured on the next play, but he did get injured uh, and is out for a couple weeks. That is the bad news coming out of this game uh, because Michigan certainly could use uh, Cade in case anything does happen to J.J. Uh, you've got the Iowa game. Iowa's got a tough defense. And uh, we'll see if he's back by the time that Michigan plays uh, Penn State in a, a few weeks here. But Michigan played seven quarterbacks, and seven got, or six of the seven all completed a pass. Davis Warren is the only one who wasn't 100%. J.J. McCarthy, yet again, another really good game 15 for 18. So he has missed a grand total of four passes so far. In his Michigan career, he had 214 yards, no touchdowns because he had five rushing touchdowns. He had Blake Corum tying uh, Hassan Haskins five touchdowns as the Michigan in-game, one-game, single-game record. And uh, I thought, obviously, he played really well. They weren't asking a lot from the run game, but still managed 192 yards, which is pretty impressive. I think the only place in the run game where I... Would want to see more is J.J. McCarthy, but they weren't running him a ton, but he only averaged 2.3 uh, yards per carry. Of course, one of those was a sack, so that's why he had a 14-yard run. Uh, but uh, C.J. Stokes had some really tough runs. Didn't have a very high number, but we saw him going in between the tackles. That was great. Um, obviously, like I said, J.J. McCarthy with his 83% passing. To me, and he only got uh, he got targeted four times three catches, wasn't the top in, on the team, but Roman Wilson, how about that guy? Three catches for 64 yards, had a long of 38, um, 55 yards after a catch on, on the one. He reminds me a lot of Devontae Smith. That was my takeaway in the game. I, I, just looking at him, I'm like, man, that is, he is really turning on like that. Another big game for Ronnie Bell, second in a row. Seven catches, 96 yards. And uh, had a 53-yarder after catch. Really impressive. 273 total yards in the passing game, 192 in the running game. Uh, I, I, everything pretty much going, as you'd hope. I know that the, the those two maybe were def- upset with the defensive line, but they probably are just thinking, like, well, they were able to run 86 yards in the game. Now, Jim Harbaugh said after the game he echoed something a staffer said to me during the game, which was like Harbaugh knows that they are going to try to run. They've, Michigan's played two air raid teams. Jim mora knows his best opportunity is to try to run the ball. And listen, they they have a really good Carter is a, a really good running back, and they held him. He was like number four in the country in in yards per game coming into the game, and he averaged 3.5 yards a carry. Had six carries for 21 yards. That's pretty great. Uh, Rosa, I, I actually didn't have him on my thing. Victor Rosa, 14 carries, 23 yards, 1.6 yards a carry. The only one that like was in the positive was Zion Turner, the quarterback who carried seven times for 42 yards. Uh, but if you look at what the, uh, what the defense was able to do, I don't know if I can sort this uh, by half here. I don't believe I can. Uh, but uh, looking at the stats, but by half, it was Michigan was really, really good. I mean, it, it really incredible. They allowed uh, 53 or 52 yards rushing and only 12 yards passing. They allowed 12 yards passing in each half. And if you don't think the defensive line didn't have anything to do with that because there weren't any sacks, I mean, one should have been considered a sack, but it wasn't, Like apparently. I mean, UConn had a plan to get rid of the ball as fast as humanly possible. They basically just, once Zion Turner had the ball, backs up, you have less than two seconds to throw, get rid of it. And all of those incompletions that he had were were due to the fact that the pressure, you, un, un, incapable of making an accurate throw. You have to look at the whole thing together. So UConn between Zion Turner and Kale Millen, and that's their uh, their backup Kale Millen. If you didn't know, is Clay Millen's uh, brother. Clay Millen, who was the starter for Colorado State in Week One, his brother gets to play against Michigan. He went one for four. Zion Turner. Went four for sixteen, so five for twenty for twenty-four yards. That is really, really incredible. So, Michigan's pass defense really came to play. The run defense thirty-three allowed thirty-three carries for eighty-six yards. That's pretty incredible as well. I know UConn alert. UConn's not necessarily a team that you want to write home about beating UConn, but. They did exactly what you would hope against UConn. Allowed 110 total yards, zero points. Defense was phenomenal. They did have five tackles for loss for 17 yards. Uh, And it was just a phenomenal game all the way around. So we'll get into my thoughts a little bit here, uh, more so about about the game, a couple things that caught my eye here momentarily but first betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season find all the latest football league developments game matchups news and podcasts including this year's opening well like this this year's games okay (laughs) it's not updated uh, Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The easiest and fastest way to check in all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I continue to be very impressed with J.J. McCarthy. He has been very good, obviously. Uh, I am very excited to see what he is able to continue to do. It's going to get tougher now. It is going to get tougher, absolutely, absolutely. Even against Maryland, right? And like Maryland hasn't kicked off yet against SMU. I'm curious to see uh, that that line has uh, at at the time of me saying this, that line is uh, Maryland favored by three at home against uh, against the Ponies, the Pony Express there. Uh, So I am I'm curious to see how Maryland's defense looks against an SMU team that. I honestly don't know anything about SMU right now. So I can't say like their offense is good or bad or whatever. I am curious about that. But obviously you've got Iowa coming up, which again, Iowa doesn't kick off until later this evening playing a Nevada team. That's two and one. Iowa's favored by 24 at the moment. I don't know where that comes from because Iowa, I don't think can score 24 on me (laughs) at this point. But anyway, I digress. So, uh, I, I had mentioned I think that um, that Roman Wilson reminds me of Devonte Smith. This was; these were conversations that I had on the sidelines today. It, I feel like you've got him as Devonte Smith. I, uh, Ronnie Bell, has long reminded me of Chris Olave. Uh, I don't know that Cornelius Johnson has someone that I look at and say, "Okay, that is my comparable right now." Now, obviously, he did not; he, he didn't have a catch. Uh, In this game, Uh, I I believe he fell down on the one target that he had. Uh, But, uh, I mean, you've got so many different guys that I think. And then you have A.J. Henning, who is compared to Debo Samuel. Now, it was funny because a staffer told me uh, before we saw it that A.J. Henning was used a lot in fall camp as running back, running between the tackles. And we hadn't seen it. And then we finally saw it. Now, it wasn't great. He had the one carry for three yards. uh, But uh, it's an interesting wrinkle, especially going into Big Ten play. Uh, I'm very curious to see what Michigan does. I feel like Michigan has a lot up its sleeve. Keep in mind, while we did see the starters for a little bit longer in this game, uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy was out there for a little bit in the second half. Uh, and you know, we still saw some starters throughout. There was some parts late in the game when you had, uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember which quarterback it was. Cause I mean, they played 8 million of them, but you still had Cornelius Johnson and Andrell Anthony out there. It was, I believe in the, uh, in the th- late third quarter at that point, no, it was the fourth quarter. It was the fourth quarter at, and you still had some guys out there, but they were literally the only like a shelf type guys. Uh, I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see what Michigan has up its sleeve. Now, Jim Harbaugh had a lot of really a lot of praise when it comes to what he thinks this team is. I, I want to read you a quote. Uh, I could include it in here, in here, but I've got it. Adding some extra video editing and audio editing to this uh, today. I Don't feel like that is in my personal best interest. But asked, did, he, did I learn enough about, his team, about, about the team heading into Big Ten season? He said, I like the team a lot. A good friend of mine, Jay Nordlinger, who I grew up with, was always on the same baseball teams and things like that. We've always remained friends. He, he's got a great, great way with words, always has, writing for the National Review editor, senior editor. He sent me a great text this week, and it really resonated with me. He just can't wait to watch Michigan football. It reminds him of the days of Rick Leach and Harlan Huckleby and Anthony Carter. And that's the way he feels about the team. And I do as well. I've got the same feeling about this team. It, it feels like a insanely deep team, right? Like we have yet to see Andrew Anthony do anything. I don't know people are very concerned that maybe he's going to transfer. I just say, hold your horses on that. Uh, he didn't have very many snaps coming into this uh at at this point i i'm pretty sure it was like 17 or 27 nothing like super crazy right but uh not a lot you know what i mean so we're we're still waiting on being in a situation where michigan needs people right so andrell anthony passed snaps 16 going into the game and then he probably played a little bit more Michigan certainly is expecting him to break out. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, I know for a fact that they really thought that he was going to have a breakout game this week. It didn't happen. But for anyone that kind of has these thoughts of, like, why are we not seeing X player? Well, it's because Michigan's basically been playing a half of a game like these players haven't played a whole game really yet. So you have to look at it with the mind of Michigan has played a game and a half with its starters at this point. Not every player is going to stand up and look really good. Cornelius Johnson, this game, for instance, played probably a little bit more than a half a game really was a non-factor for the most part. But guess what? Ronnie Bell, who we've long considered to be the best wide receiver for the Wolverines hadn't next just a spectacular game. Roman Wilson is the only one who all three games has looked absolutely phenomenal. I get I think that he might be your number one receiver ultimately, Roman Wilson. Through the first two weeks Pro Football Focus had him grading out as the best. I expect that number to just keep growing. He has just been so good. He has been like a revelation. Now we'll see against tougher competition what it will look like, because that is obviously a big factor. But you know we, we've seen a heavy dose of the the run game. Michigan looked pretty good with Blake Corum. Didn't ask him to do a lot. Asked T.J. Stokes to do some more. He had some some parts where he got kind of stuffed, like that one drive that ended up the first punt of the game. And uh, and then you had uh, but you had Blake Corum doing really well. You saw some good things from some of those other guys. Isaiah Gash had a couple big runs. Leon Franklin scored on a on a passing touchdown, the only one of the game. Uh, from Alan Bowman. Uh, th- there's a lot to like. The, 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 I, I do want to see some other guys, right? Like, we, you know, Tavier Dunlap had one carry for five yards. I want to see more of him. We haven't seen very much of him. It I makes me curious because you look at all these different guys who got to carry the ball uh, in garbage time. Danny Hughes had five carries for 31 yards. He looked really good. Uh, Isaiah Gash had four for 24. Uh Donahue who I don't even know had two carries for six so it, I, I do want to I'm curious like how much of these guys not that they're saving them I don't think that they're saving a guy like Dunlap but I think that he'll obviously play more than like many of the other ones I just mentioned so it gets to be for real now Michigan feels like it's in a really good spot Michigan feels like it's pretty good and I know you're like a lot of people out there say, well, it was against UConn. Well, guess what? They went out and did what they were supposed to do against a team like UConn. They went out and did what they were supposed to do against a team like Hawaii. They went and did what they were supposed to do against Colorado State. So it's not like Michigan is, you know, like they, they played these weak teams and just kind of eked through them. They have dominated thoroughly. And today was the first time, I think, in the three games where you saw the, the guys way down the depth chart dominate. They're literally putting in players that I have never heard of. Keeping in mind, I mean, I guess I've heard of them, but I've typed out the roster in my own little, you know, Excel sheet to keep track of, like, you know, weight gains and all of that kind of stuff. And they're, they're putting in players where I'm like, I don't know who that is. Brandon Mann comes in, throws a a pass, ends up being the first catch of Darius Clemens' career, which we've been waiting for. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. So that's a good situation that Michigan is in at the moment. All right, I'm just going to have a couple more thoughts, and then we will uh, wrap it up. Leaving nothing for me to talk about on Monday. I guess we'll do a... Uh, a what our boss said type thing is Michigan heads into Maryland after his press conference, but we will return it just a second. All right. Again, Michigan 59 to zero against uh, the Yukon Huskies. Don't expect post game podcasts often. That is not going to happen. It just so happens that like, after a game like UConn, I don't have as many priorities of I better get this out. I better get that out. All that kind of stuff as far as my writing is concerned. I, there's literally two more things I'm planning on doing today. Maybe three. Uh, I obviously want to watch some of these late games. I've got two games on here at the moment uh, behind me uh, that you can't see off screen. So it's uh, college football is still ongoing. but. This this is again this this Michigan team looks like it has something special to it, but we won't really know for sure until next week. Now, very encouraged by the pass defense in particular, uh, because again, this is everything that you're hoping for. Michigan is doing everything that it's supposed to be doing. Now entering this game. Uh, Michigan's past defense was ranked eighth in the country, allowing 125 yards per game. Pretty good. Uh, just kind of, again, looking that up, they allowed uh, 137 yards in week one, 113 in week two, and then 24 in week three. They're obviously going to give up more than that next week. I want you to prepare mentally for Maryland. I don't know for sure how good Maryland is. Maryland's defense is probably still not good. Maybe it's improved. Maybe it's not. But Maryland is a team that is averaging over 350 yards a game. Against Buffalo, 297 yards. Against Charlotte, 419 yards. This is a Maryland team that loves to throw the ball. They're averaging about 150 or 170 yards a game. In the run game, you've got a bunch of players that look really, really good as wideouts. Rakeem Jarrett, the one that we've been talking about forever, is second on the team. Dante Demas, who started out last year as the best wide receiver that they had, is not even a guy that people are talking about with regularity. With that in mind, I, I feel like Michigan's pass defense is ready for this challenge. And I think it will be a challenge. But if Michigan can find a way to really slow down that pass game, then I think that that's a very good omen for the defense. Then the next week, and I said this on the podcast earlier, uh, in an earlier episode, then we get to see the offense. How good can the offense be against a good defense? Illinois has been, or not Illinois, but Iowa has been phenomenal. So, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, as far as that's concerned. As far as this game is concerned, I think the worst part is that they lose Cade McNamara for several weeks. I know there are people out there that don't think that's a big deal. You're a play away from having to rely on guys who have never started. The people who knock Cade, I don't understand what is going through your mind, except for that you are a Michigan fan that is happiest when you're unhappy. Cade is a very good quarterback, he won you a Big Ten, he won you a a Ohio State game, and you'll sit there and you'll say, uh, well, that was the defense and the run game. Well, Michigan's had years where they've had a really good defense and really good run game, and you're selectively editing out big passes like the Cornelius Johnson one against Ohio State or plenty of others just across the board. That that he made, you know, game winner against Penn State. You're just selectively editing those out. But you don't want to end up in a situation where you need your backup and you're relying on someone that's just not capable. Do you not remember when Denard Robinson made his last pass attempt after that against Nebraska in a game that people thought Michigan was going to win, that Michigan looked better than they brought in Russell Bellamy and it did not go well. You want to have reliability at both your starter and your backup situation. Kate is a starting caliber quarterback, so that's a big loss. Trevor Keegan, sounds like the injury's not that serious. Uh, We'll see. Um, Saw him after the game. did, Did not seem like he was in incredibly down spirits. Donovan Edwards was super amped after a touchdown on the sidelines. So, I think he'll be good to go uh, if they feel like they need him, which I would imagine you feel like you need him against uh, a team that you absolutely dominated last year. Does a lot for your offense. Uh, Carson Barnhart still wearing a a boot. So, that takes away the ability probably to step in for Trevor Keegan. We still haven't seen Nikael Green, who's dressed for the second straight week and uh, didn't play. So... Things to keep an eye on. Michigan did not emerge unscathed from this one. It's healthy enough. J.J. McCarthy is is, is continuing to look good. I think he certainly has more capability that we haven't yet to see. We saw probably his first errant passes of the season. And yet he's still completing 80-something percent of his passes through three games. So... That's pretty stellar. These are good things. Defense looks great. Offensive line mostly looks pretty good. It's getting better. Don't look forward to start really mashing until these next two weeks. And I think that they'll really come for the challenge. Uh, so that'll do it for us today in our reaction show. It's the first time that we are, I think, ever, that I've ever done an immediate post-game reaction locked on wolverines podcast but thank you for watching and or listening we'll be back on monday we'll go the full five barring anything crazy but again we'll talk to you again soon michigan goodbye here peace